Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're talking with Debbie Gass. Debbie worked alongside her late husband, Bob Gass, on the well-known devotional called The Word for You Today, among other projects. Today, she'll share her invaluable leadership experiences and insights with Avail listeners. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast, where we love to bring great leadership content for today's Christian leaders. My name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. And what a blessing it is to host the Avail Leadership Podcast, where we get to connect with world-class leaders week after week, new leadership episodes come out uh, through this podcast, and it is an honor. And today, we have an amazing leader with us. Today, we have Debbie Gass. Debbie Gass is a world-class leader. Uh, She helped her husband, the late Bob Gass, write the Word for You Today daily devotional, which is a very well-known Christian devotional that helps innumerable people connect with God's Word on a daily basis. Debbie's been involved in ministry and in leadership alongside her late husband for many, many years, but she carries on that legacy. And today we're going to talk some leadership. We're going to talk about uh, ministry. Debbie, we are honored to have you here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Being really excited about um, opportunity to say hello to the Avail uh, uh, leadership and the uh, the people listening to the podcast and um, I've just been uh, praying and seeking God that maybe something that I could share will help some uh, young and upcoming leaders or people that have been on the path for a while and uh, we can all learn from each other and uh, I learned from observing and listening to great leaders and they poured into me and um, it's a blessing to be able to um, speak from my experience and share what it is that um, I've learned in this journey. Yeah, I'm confident we're going to learn a lot with you here today. Um, I, I love, I always love when I when I hear when I hear a little accent. So you know, before we get into some leadership and ministry talk, can you tell us a little bit about your story, Debbie? You know, there's a lot of people out there who know who you are, and they've they maybe even followed um, your late husband Bob's kind of journey as well. Share a little bit about your story um, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, well, like you said, you pick up on my accent. No doubt the uh, the uh, uh, people listening will and watching uh, will pick up on that too. It, it uh, has not gone away. But I was born originally in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, I grew up there and uh, uh, was raised in church. Uh, my mother was a, a devout and still is devout and godly Christian who raised me in faith in church. Uh, my dad actually was the opposite. He was not a person of faith. So we mm. had a, a very interesting dynamic in the house of, you know, faith and and and, and uh, he was an agnostic. Um, he had fallen away from faith. So we had this interesting dynamic that went on in, uh, in our household. But my mother believed that you should be in church every time the doors were open. And um, and she held us to that. And I was at church and Sunday school and Bible classes and everything that you could possibly be. I was raised in church um, from a very young age. My desire um, in life was to come to America. I apparently told my mother when I was five year old, I'm not going to be living in Ireland when I'm a big girl. I'm going to be going to live in America. And as I got older, um, that dream was something that just never, ever left me. It was um, it was it just consumed me. It was it Mm. was my 
focus and my passion was to be able to uh, one day um, get all my uh, paperwork through and be able to come over and come to America. So um, during the time when I was in Ireland, of course, some of the listeners may be aware that we had a war, a civil war that raged in Northern Ireland, um, broke out in 1969 and uh, really went on all the way through the 90s. So I, I was exposed to um, a lot of uh, bloodshed and violence in the form of terrorism when um, I was growing up and, um, you know, as a uh, as a teen, you know, saw things that most teens don't ever see, nor hopefully would they ever see. Hmm. So there was a dynamic of the war, the situation of the war, which was really what drove me to want to leave um, the country and the divide that was there and, mm-hmm. and the uh, obviously the lack of opportunity because when there's war, there's a great lack of it. It affects the economy and affects yeah. everything that you can do. And so my desire was to get out of school and buy myself a one-way ticket to America and not go home. So in May... May of 1983, I did precisely that. I bought a one-way ticket to Los Angeles, and the rest, they say, is history. I landed on the shores. I picked L.A. because it was sunny and warm and had beautiful beaches, and Ireland is cold and wet with beautiful beaches. So um, that was really what brought me, uh, really what brought me to this country. Wow. You know, just just what you shared right there, there's so much uh, in your journey, right? There's so much that the Lord Ooh. has brought you through and, and so much that you have to share. Now, I'd love for you to, to jump into a little bit about uh, your late husband, Bob Gass, who many people know and, and, and are blessed by this, the, his legacy and what he's left, you know, in, in ministry through through you, through so many of these things, the word for you today. You know, what was he passionate about and, and how was it that you guys came to came together? Well, um, uh, let me let me start by telling you how we met. Um, I actually, uh, when I went to LA initially, I went through a period of time as you do when you're, um, you know, young. Um, I was 21, and um, I went through a period of time where I was just so excited to be free and to be in LA, and and I kind of over time drifted away from church, and I felt like I'd been to all the church that I cared to go to for a period of time, and and so I kind of backed away and 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 did my own thing like a lot like a lot of people do in their 20s, mm. and um, in uh, 1989. Um, I had was in Orange County and there was a big marquee in a church, the old church that was Melody Land back in the day outside of Disneyland. And uh, they used to have great musical events that I love to go to. And I was down there and I saw a marquee that said Evangelist Bob Gass, you know, preaching this week. And Bob had actually preached in our church in Ireland. And I remembered it when we opened one of our new buildings, I had remembered him coming to speak. And um, uh, and he was a, just really a, a really tremendous communicator. And so I made a decision that even though I hadn't been to church in a long time, I was going to go. And it was at that time attending um, a couple of those services that I actually met Bob. So I went, <laughs> my mom laughed that you went all the way to America to meet an Irish evangelist in California. So <laughs> that was how, that was how we met. Um, of course, he had pastored for a number of years and then had traveled in the evangelistic field, which is what he was doing when we met. He was traveling and speaking um, all across the country and the world for that matter. And really, um, to talk about what he was passionate about were two things. One was winning people to Christ. 
that was mm. his consuming passion in everything that he did. Um, he, he that was just it. That's that was what he lived for. And the other was, which is how the devotional came about, is. As a pastor, he knew how hard it was to get people in a daily habit of reading God's word, right? You get people to come into church and, you know, it's not that they don't want to read, but sometimes they're intimidated. They look at this great big book called the Bible and they don't know where to start. They don't understand what they read. And so his passion also, and that came out later with the word for you today, is how do we give people a... um, a jump start, if you wish, a taste of the word of God that inspires them to want to go further. And so those two things totally and completely consumed his life, um, really, from from the moment I met him. That's so cool. Now, now a lot of us who, who know about the word for you today will sometimes see the letters TWFYT, the word for you today. <laughs> so, so talk to us, talk to us about, cause it, this is something that's huge and I it love it um, for a lot of reasons, but, but talk to us about how it got started. H- how was that process um, that the, the word for you today got started? It it really is quite a fascinating story because it started out as something very small that has grown really tremendously around the world. Um, Many years ago, Bob uh, was at NRB and he met a group of national religious broadcasters, for those listening that may not know what NRB is. He was at the National Religious Broadcasters Conference and he met, he, he somehow met up with, this was prior to us being married, he met up with a group who were trying to pioneer Christian broadcasting in the United Kingdom, in Great Britain. At mm. that time, Christians were not allowed to own radio or television stations. You were not allowed to have Christian wow. radio on the air. You were not allowed to have Christian uh, programming on the air. And so this group of pioneers um, that consisted of a gentleman called Hal Short from New Zealand, Ian Mackey, who was a Scotsman, and uh, my and my husband Bob, <laughs> the Scotsman, the uh, the Irishman, and the Kiwi is what we used to call them. Uh, kind of got together out of um, a real passion to see again the Word of God launched um, in the United Kingdom, and they had been uh, going literally to the British government during that time, all during the eighties um, and. Uh, uh, early 90s to petition the then British government to allow Christians the right to broadcast on the air. And they got um, hundreds of thousands of petitions that were signed. And uh, they were really trying to come in force. Christians were trying to come in force to make it happen. And so Bob joined alongside them and he said, look, you need a way to reach people every day, right? You go out to your church, you need a way to communicate what you're doing. He said, I started to write this little prayer journal. I just did it for my own ministry partners. And I'd be glad to share it with you. Um, a quarterly little prayer journal that you can send out, ask people you know, to join your mailing list, and then you can communicate through in within the journal or with letters, this is how we're going to fight the government to get on the air. And mm-hmm. so in 1994, um, United Christian Broadcasters, which uh, is the name of the organization in the UK that today are huge and doing incredible things for the kingdom of God, not just there, but around the world. United Christian Broadcasters launched the word for you today in 1994 with 3000 copies. 
And that was literally the beginning. So we didn't even start in the US. We launched in the UK first in England to wow. meet this need of getting Christian broadcasting on the air. And that was the little seed that began the word wow. for you today. Well, that's a great example. I mean, the Bible talks about um, faith the size of a mustard seed, which is oh, you yeah. know, the smallest seed. And 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 so th- the word for you today, we, we might say it wasn't necessarily planned and thought out. It just kind of happened. There was a need. It started off. It started off. What, what, what we might consider in the moment, it probably felt big, but we might consider now as something small. And today, the word for you today is a world, it is a global impacting ministry. Debbie, can you talk to us a little bit about the the journey that the word for you today has gone on regarding from kind of from a leadership perspective, because you're the one really leading it and, and pushing it forward. Well, like you said, Virgil, um, we didn't ever know that the word for you today was going to become what it did. We're in approximately 25 languages today. We're in over over 100 different countries, 25 languages, and we have a daily reach of 83 million people on all um, media platforms, print and digital and all the media platforms, radio, television. Um, But it didn't start out like that. It started out as something, like you said, a small seed. And uh, and from that seed, it grew. Now, we, while we launched in the UK in 1994, it wasn't until 1998 that Bob said, let's, let's put this out in the United States. Let's give this out as a way for pastors to be able to get their people into God's word on a daily basis. And to use it as a tool even in the community and, and to influence people. And so we started on this journey, and there were four of us, uh, myself, Bob, and two others that were in the ministry. And honestly, I'd love to tell you we knew where we were going, but we did not. It was like the journey of Abraham, you know, without not knowing where he was going to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that very often when you start out with, um, there was a vision and a passion to put the word uh, to put the word of God into people's hands, but we really didn't know where we were going. And a lot of it came... Uh, honestly, out of trial and error. And I think that one of the things um, as leaders uh, that as, as you're going on this journey and you start off, you're by yourself. You, you, you know, I don't know if that's leading, honestly. I think you start out with an idea. You know, mm-hmm. you start out with an idea and as it grows, then God brings the people with you who connect and resource you and, and, and the gifts and the talents that you need. But from the point of view of leadership, I always considered myself and my husband did to what I would call a reluctant leader. Um, I wasn't <laughs> wanting to be out in the forefront. I was happy for my husband to be the man at the front. Um, he was incredibly gifted communicator. He was an incredibly gifted uh, preacher, teacher, um, and he was an incredibly gifted writer. And um, my gifts came more in the administrative side. Um, mm. Our gifts, our gifts didn't ever compete. They they mesh together, and mm. so for me, the the aspect of leading was how do I develop a team that is going to be able to make the vision that Bob wants to happen, right? The vision that God's given him. There has to be an implementer, and so I always used to tell people, look, Bob's the visionary, and I'm the implementer. And the implementer means you've got to find the people, the right people to sit on the right seat in the bus very hard. There's a lot of people you bring on your bus and you unfortunately at the next stop have to ask them to exit the bus Mm -hmm. because they're not the right 
people. And I think that that was the hardest thing um, because it's hard to learn, I believe, how to discern and, and get really great, great people. And I don't know. I remember talking to a, a, another person from a major ministry one time saying, you know, what am I doing wrong? About 50 percent of the time, the staff we hire, we get it right. And he said to me, then you're doing really well. <laughs> Getting it right 50 percent of the time is really, really good. And so through trial and error is where a lot of um, a lot of my growth came. I would say from the point of view of leading, how I have always led has been to be an example to the people around me. Mm -hmm. It's very important to me that we weren't just a ministry, but that we had excellence in business. I say that to the staff all the time. We're not just a ministry. Yes, ministry is exceedingly important, but we have to be excellent in business if we represent the kingdom of God. That's you know, good. we have to know how to balance our checkbook. We have to know where to invest at the right time in the right place. We have to know when to move forward and when to pull back. We have to know how to make astute business strategy and business decisions to go where we're going. And so for me, I worked very hard to create a work environment that is what I wanted to work in. I was very intentional about it, mm. where people were valued, where people were appreciated regularly. Um, you know, sometimes as leaders, um, especially, um, you know, I would say this to my husband, you should slow down sometimes and just walk around the office and say hi. Because people like you and they want to say hi. But sometimes visionaries are so single focused, right? They're not looking to the left or the right. But the people around you just need that, hey, how you're doing? Or I really appreciate what you did. And so I just developed, honestly, that as, as a way of how would I want to be treated what is the environment I want to create? And then I went about doing that with the highest level of excellence that I could possibly, possibly do. I love that. I think, you, you know, it's funny because um, in, in, in your in this last answer that you gave, you actually hit on some key leadership principles, casting mm -hmm. vision, building a team, creating culture. Um, yes. You know, I think I find as I lead the staff at our church and I find that it's hard. You mentioned something that's so true, Debbie. Uh, it's hard because whenever you bring someone on board, whether it's staff or your you know team volunteer, what you bring on, your hope and your desire is that they are going to be the best. You're They're right going to do it. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes they just don't. Sometimes no. they just don't. No. That's hard, isn't it? It, it? it is really hard. And I, I one of the hardest things for me was learning to fire people. I know that probably, yeah, I know that, you know, but that's part of leadership. Part of leadership in, is at times you just have to say, this isn't working. And I remember the first time I had to fire someone, I literally came home and I was, I was ill for two days Yeah, because I, it was someone who I knew needed the job, but they were not the right fit. Yeah. The, the relationship was problematic. But then at one time, I remember when it happened and I was stressed and stressed and stressed. Oh, I'm going to have to let this person go. And then I had to let another person go. And sometimes ministry attracts people for the wrong reasons. Yeah. People people have an idea of ministry um, that's, that to me um, 
certainly is 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 not a reality, right? Right. Because whether you are a pastor leading a, a church, or whether you're like me doing um, a you know a a day to day ministry producing with a print and distribution. Uh, d- uh, business and and producing uh, devotionals um, of Christian content, you 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 have to have the right people around you in order for the vision to happen. And one of one days at one of the days I come home and I was just wringing my hands and crying to Bob, I'm going to have to fire two more people. I hate this job. People are going to hate me. I don't want people to hate me because I'm always the one saying you're fired. And sorry, I have to let you go. And I, I wasn't sleeping well because I knew I would have to do it the next day. And when I was up, I literally in the middle of the night heard God saying to me, do you trust me? And I said, yes, God, I trust you. He said, then let them go. Mm. Don't try to hang on or fix them. You can't. You let them go and leave me to take care of them, and I will then also take care of you. So learning, hiring, and firing is a big part of leadership because the right people will take you across the finish line, and the wrong people will hinder the team. And it doesn't take many wrong people. I learned that it can take one person in the wrong seat in the bus and the wheels can fall off. Yeah. You know, a little bit of yeast, you know, and you know, it's, it's so true. Um, and it's hard because sometimes people from the outside look into ministry and think, Oh, it must be different because they're not a business. Well, we, there is an organizational, uh, leadership and an organizational structure, structure that needs to be maintained. And just because it's ministry doesn't mean that you you can let things slide or, or not be excellent. And so I love that you hit on that. I want to touch on something that you mentioned as well, uh, because uh, it might not be every case for, you know, for every scenario, but you and, and you and your late husband, Bob truly worked and led as a husband wife team, which by the way, is how I, my wife and I lead our church that way. And I know firsthand that that experience can be very rewarding, but also Mm -hmm. very challenging. Can you talk to us about that dynamic? Yeah, it it absolutely can be very rewarding and it can be very challenging. Um, uh, In the situation with Bob and I, I often tell people, Bob was called to ministry. I was called to Bob. That's Mm -hmm. how I always explain it. Bob was called to ministry, but I was called to Bob. And I was blessed. Uh, We were together 30 years, married 28 um, when he died. Uh, He died on June 5th, um, 2019. So Mm. just um, past two years uh, last weekend. And we had a, a really a fantastic marriage. And I think that one of the dangers that can happen when husbands and wives work together is work can always be part. It's like work never goes away. And I think that you have to be very intentional to set rules and boundaries as to how you're going to work together. Now, for Bob and I, our skill sets were very different. Bob was the visionary, creator, writer, all of that. I was administrator, CEO, CFO. So our our worlds, uh, we operated very separately. Bob was frequently at home at the home office writing mm-hmm. because to write you have it's a it's a exercise of solitude right you you have to write yeah. you're alone 
Um, whereas I was at the office every day, although Bob came in frequently for meetings. Um, and one of the, the rules that we had was that <laughs> I used to come home and Bob would say, how was your day? And I would be like, I don't want to tell you. Why? Because <laughs> I have no words left. I've used up all my words. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I don't want to have to tell you, well, what happened in that meeting? I can't, I can't tell you what's in the meeting. So he said, but you're going to have to tell me. So we made the, I made this funny rule that on the way home from the office, I would call him. And on the drive home, I would fill him in on any questions he wanted answered. Did you get this done? Did you get this done? Did you get that done? Mm -hmm. Then I pulled into the garage. I said, now, have you finished asking all the questions? And he said, well, have one more. So I would sit in the car in the garage and answer all of the work questions. I said, now I'm hanging up now. And when I come in the back door, you're going to go, hi, honey. Good to see you. And your wife will come through the door. And we set boundaries very clearly. Yeah, that's um, good. We had date nights that work could not interfere. We had family time that I would not permit work to interfere with. So we respected that boundary. Um, Bob liked to work a lot and we worked a lot of hours, but we, we had to set some boundaries because otherwise working and the marriage together, it can, it can get lost <clears throat> and you can end up losing each other. Mm. You're in the middle of ministry but you've lost your marriage and your connection. Yeah. And so for me, the marriage, our marriage and my marriage to Bob was always more important than ministry, always more important than ministry. And um, I kept that at the forefront, but you have to work at it. And mm -hmm. I think you have to have ground rules that, uh, you know, if you both agree to talk about work in a non-work time, you agree but if one person says, you know, time out, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm exhausted, I can't, you have to be able to do that give and take. Otherwise, you end up stressed at each other and, um, and uh, you know, distancing and going to your corners because you're not seeing things the same way. So for me, it was all about protecting the marriage and keeping work in its rightful place. And I think you have to work very hard to do that. It's yeah, not I, think easy. I think that's great advice. And I think the word that, that my wife uses it a lot when we talk about this subject is intentionality. There's a lot of intentionality uh, on, on being clear on, Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to make sure we're not, cause it's so easy. There's so many blurred lines. Cause it's so easy. Cause we're both, we're both in it. We're, we're, we care about it. We're passionate mm -hmm. about it, but it's so easy to just stay there and not you know, not go back into, Hey, you're my wife, you know, I'm, you're my husband and, and, and let it affect the relationship and the flow of the okay. family. So that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you, were you going to add something? Yeah. I, I was just going to say that, especially for, you know, young leaders starting out or, you know, younger couples, maybe in, in the pastorate or the ministry together. Um, one of the things that I would always say, I've actually got a young couple that um, are about to get married that I've been um, working and doing some counseling with. And I told them, always put your marriage first. Now, God comes first in your life, but ministry doesn't come after God. God and ministry are two different things. Ministry is the job that God has given you to do. Just like yeah. he gives some people, um, some people has to, uh, they're, they're plumbers, some people are accountants, mm -hmm. some people are lawyers. 
the job that God has given us is that within ministry, right? But you still have to protect um, the marriage. Uh, uh, you know, we, we see it very often in ministry where, unfortunately, many, many couples, sometimes high-profile couples in ministry, the marriage hasn't survived the pressure of the ministry. And yeah. you know, for me, I loved the ministry and loved what I did and what I still do, but it never, ever, ever meant more to me, nor was it ever something I would put in front of Bob and, and mm -hmm. my relationship. But it took work and it took being, that word your wife uses, intentional. Yeah, <laughs> that's great advice. So all you leaders out there, you know, you may, especially if you're a younger leader, maybe you haven't had as much yeah. experience leading and being married and building a family. You really got to put intentionality in it. I want to I want to touch into something here, Debbie, that when we were preparing for this podcast, you mentioned that leadership and leadership roles can kind of change as you go. Can you elaborate yes. on that? Yes. Um, well, obviously, one of the biggest changes that has happened to me was the death of my husband. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because we went from uh, leading, uh, being in a partnership together, mm -hmm. if you wish, in the ministry to um, he actually was diagnosed with cancer in 2017. And uh, we we fought together the, the fight of faith for those years and and stood on the word and and, you know, believed God every day for his healing. And, um, you know, as God often does, he, there are things that he does that we do not necessarily understand. But mm -hmm. it was um, at that time, it was his desire to take Bob and um, I have a lot of questions. I'll ask him one day about that. Yeah. But I think um, this, the switch that comes um, in leadership, um, I, I think that sometimes leaders have a hard time letting go. I I'll tell you one of the biggest changes that I saw. I've been very blessed that um, the, the management team that I have, every single one of my managers have been with me 15 or more years. Um, there's one that has not, but that's only because the position is uh, was brand new 10 years ago. Um, so every single manager that we brought on board um, has stayed. Uh, we invested a lot in them, spent a lot of time, um, you know, showed them uh, through demonstration the type of organization and the type of um, culture that that we that that we wanted to have. And I think that the biggest part in leadership is when you get the right people step back and give them an opportunity to lead in their sphere. And I mm -hmm. think that can be hard. You know, there's things that you want to let go and then you don't let go and you want to let go and then you don't let go. And what you can do is you can end up as, um, overloading yourself because of your inability to let go and say, I'm just going to have to trust that that will get done. And I think that that is um, that's part of growth in leadership right? It is that mm -hmm. learning, it switches and changes. You go some days from feeling you're like mama bear to um, going from other times saying, you know, it's time for the cubs to grow and stand on their own two feet. And um, that for me brought about a lot of change because as, as my team grew, I was able to grow in my trust of saying, you do this, right? you handle that. You step up to that plate. You trust that your own instincts in that. And that's a part of growth in leadership. And it also means that your role changes. When you start out small in any 
organization, business or church, you basically do it all, don't you? I mean, you know, yep. you hire, you fire, you you wash the dishes, you clean the windows, you, the you, you're the cleaner, you answer the phone, you do it all. And your role changes as God brings those people in. And I think that um, the, the, the role of the leader is to identify the talent, pour into them, Mm. Set the example and the standard of excellence by living it yourself, might I say. Mm -hmm. You can't require something you don't live. Mm -hmm. So set the example yourself and then step back and allow them opportunities to do, make decisions and do things. Will they fall? Yes. When they fall, Help them get back up and realize what John Maxwell always says, fail often, fail early, but always fail forward, right? Yeah. And I've done that with all of my managers. Oh, I made a terrible mistake, Debbie. It's okay. So it's not going to be the end of the world. Let's sit and talk about it. What did you learn and what do we need to do different? And you keep developing them. And as you develop other leaders, you're able to step back um, and allow them with trust, right, mm-hmm. to trust them to carry each segment of, in my case, of the business, because I have multiple departments. I have people I need to lead each of those areas with their gifts and talents. And and the other area was um, uh, Bob had spoken to the board um, before he died and said that he wanted me to step in um, after his death as president. And I would say to the audience today that I'm still growing into that new part of leadership Mm. because I'm doing it alone. Right. Um, And so in the past, when I had an issue or a problem or Bob, I would say, honey, I need to talk this through with you and someone to go to the weight of not just losing Bob, Right. Um, And and going through the grief um, and the separation, the physical separation that we have in death for now uh, in losing that, but also my partner in the business. And then in turn, almost I felt like the moment he died, the weight of everything came on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is where I had to step back and trust that what I had invested in all of the people in the ministry was going to be enough to carry it forward in the interim period where I needed to heal. Um, I didn't have in the first year after Bob's death energy to give to people. Mm. And I think sometimes as leaders, we feel we have to be all things to all people at all times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I didn't have energy to give after Bob's death. I, 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 he had, um, I had cared for him for the months leading up to his death at home. Um, he was in at-home hospice care. And if anyone is listening and has been through that experience with a loved one, you don't get a lot of sleep. You don't, you're, you're constantly <clears throat> going. And I was blessed to be able to do that. And it was my um, it was my wish to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But afterwards, I didn't have 
the emotional energy. And maybe even some of you that are listening today, you, you haven't gone through the loss of a spouse or maybe something, you know, um, like like what I'm talking about with Bob, but, but you have other things in your life and you find that everywhere you go, people are pulling on you. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, if you can't take, you have to take time to step back and take care of yourself because if your own well is dry, you can't give out of it. And I literally told my staff, I took a sabbatical for for five months required by the board. And I told the staff, handle it. You're all big boys and big girls. I've taught you everything I know and some things I'm not even sure of. But I'm going to trust you to run with this because I can't right now. And to not even to my surprise, because I knew... I saw people step up in ways like never Mm -hmm. before. And sometimes we think, well, we can't let it go. and We have to answer all the questions. And it's like having those around that lift your arms up, right? Mm -hmm. Those that come and when you can't hold your own arms up, those people are there for you. And that's a transition in leadership, letting go and letting others lead. Um, uh, uh, and trusting that God will do through them what they've seen him do in you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Debbie, for sharing that. I think, I think that you just, in a very graceful way, uh, shared a little bit how you navigated the loss of not only your loved one, not only your husband, but your partner, uh, because, it, you know, in life, this is part of reality of, of life on this world, right? And and there's many of us that are leading that we might think that everything's going to look tomorrow like it does today or like it looked yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that change happens and loss happens. And, you know, praise God, praise God for his, his, Holy Spirit that helps us and strengthens us in moments like that. But like you mentioned, praise God for for having a team of people, you know, when you when you've been able to pour into them already that you were able to trust in and rely on. I think that's a great testimony of the importance of of having great relationships with the people you're leading, you know, um and and having a solid uh team that you could trust. You've talked about delegating, you've talked about empowering, developing people. That's so important. I think as leaders, uh that's a valuable lesson. So thank you so much for sharing that. As we're kind of um, kind of hitting the final stretch here, Debbie, this I, I could probably go here another hour with you because I love <laughs> leaning in and hearing from from your experiences in leadership. Um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about um, the daily devotional because all, all of everything you've been describing the, the leadership journey of 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 your late husband Bob, Bob Gass, your leadership journey together, and then now as you're you know you're leading it no longer with him there next to you, but with a team of staff that you're leading. Uh, I have a daily devotional here that I guess the current, you know, 2021, June, July, August, you know, this is an amazing uh, daily devotional. The word for you today that that you started with your husband. Now Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to ask you to talk a little bit. Um, This has become influential. It's become an impactful resource for many people around the world. How can Mm -hmm. leaders access and you, you know, use the word for you today in their own spheres, especially leaders who right. might not be in church per se. Okay. Yeah. Well, we we um, we produce that the deal. We produce about one million copies a quarter of the uh, word for you today here in the U.S. We produce it in English, and we produce it also um, in Spanish. And basically, like I said earlier, Bob's desire was to give pastors a tool or ministers a tool 
Um, it, it doesn't just have to be pastors and churches. We have Christian businesses. We have food pantries. We have uh, dental offices, real estate offices. Anybody wanting to share their faith um, can utilize this can utilize this resource. But we have 5,000 churches across the U.S. that take the devotional. And what we're able to do with it is we customize it for the for the church so it becomes the church's own devotional there the pastor mm-hmm. can put his photo on the inside cover there would be a letter from the pastor the church's logo um the back cover can include service times um it can include anything you want the same as so um if you're in christian business or in ministry we have a lot of uh, ministries that use it for their donor base, for example. We have a number of um, uh, ministries even here in the city of Atlanta, which is is where I, I live um, now. Um, ministries in the city of Atlanta that are outreach to the homeless and to the hungry, and they utilize it as a tool literally on the streets. But their church name and logo was in there. And it was Bob that came up with this idea. What if we give pastors, ministers, leaders a way that they could give something that wouldn't just be if you send out a letter it's a one time read okay right, even right. if you know when people have read the letter that you send them in the mail they've read it when uh, but if you give something someone a scripture and a devotional for each day that feeds them and feeds their spirit you're cultivating the habit of getting God's word bob always said that the word for you today is the little book that gets you into the big book And that's the idea. And we have uh, ministry resources all across the country. They give them out to their church congregations. They have mailed them out to the community. Uh, During COVID, uh, we printed 150,000 extra copies called Faith, Hope and Courage, and we distributed them to hospitals, um, first responders, doctors, nurses, all across the country. So it is a resource that can be used anywhere you want your influence to be felt. And also, if you are passionate about putting the word of God into someone's hand, you have a visitor comes to your church, you have someone new that watches you online. Mm -hmm. This is a resource you can give them that connects them to you and your ministry, but also gets them into the word. So I would encourage the listeners to um, look us up at Word For You. W-O-R-D-F-O-R-Y-O-U, just word for you, dot com. And uh, you'll see all the resources that we have available. And um, we've we've just uh, been really blessed even during the time of COVID to be able to really reach yeah. out and help um, pastors and leaders reach into their community um, with the power of God's word. I love it. I want to highly encourage all the leaders listening now, whether you're a leader in church, a minute pastor, a ministry leader, uh, or you're a leader in the community, or you have a business. Uh, I want to encourage you to check it out, wordforyou.com. Now, the day this kind of daily devotional, it, it's quarterly. It, it really is a blessing. But you could, if if you have a dental office, if you have you know another right. business, you can use it um, and as an encouragement for your guests, for your clients, as a gift. Uh, and you're going to be sharing your faith. Um, we're doing it here at Vertical Church. We're doing it uh, in we, we're to one church, two languages. So we're doing it in English and in Spanish. We're going to hand these out to our guests uh, and just put God's word into people's hands. And and what a great blessing! I want to encourage you guys. Wordforyou.com. Make sure, even if it's just for yourself and your family or some loved ones, make sure you go check it out and connect. 
connect. Uh, I love also that there's there's always you know there's an option. There's a contemporary version or a more traditional version depending on the there style is. of yeah. church or business. So I love that you guys think about all those details, Debbie. And and and, and let me just say this: uh, having an opportunity in this season to to do the the daily devotional Facebook Live videos. Yeah, that has been today. great. That. I've been encouraged by doing those because so yeah. many people are being blessed by this, these messages. Yeah, yeah. We, we have um, seen just a great response to the uh, Facebook Live that you've been doing for us each morning. It has just been fantastic, Virgil, just to see that grow when people, you know, people get excited. I had friends of mine, some of them I hadn't heard from for a while. My text was blowing up going, who is that doing Facebook Live? <laughs> <in your?" laughs> so I said, tune in and share it. And, um, and I encourage everyone listening today, uh, usually at nine o'clock in the morning on our uh, Word for You uh, USA Facebook page, you can uh, see Virgil there sharing um, an encouraging word for each day, a jump start for cold mornings, as my husband used to call it, or in sunny Florida or Atlanta, where we are very hot morning right now but um yeah it's it's just it is something that really really encourages the people and i know that this will sound um uh self-serving but i have to say it because it's true um there are many devotional resources out there but my husband was one of the most gifted writer communicators ever yeah um and it isn't just me has said that it is many, many, many people, 83 million around the world that, that connect and engage with us wow. on a daily basis. We got a letter last week from someone on death row. Mm. We, we have tens of thousands of these devotionals that we sow every quarter into the prison population. Wow. And th this was from a, a young uh, a, a lady who's in, uh, she's on death row. And um, the, the devotional had reached her. We have had letter. We got letters from Sing Sing. We got letters from pris prisoners all over the country, you know, that have been touched and blessed. We we had a, uh, a letter come in recently where um, a lady was uh, just she was just out shopping and a lady in front of her started to cry. And she asked if she could help her. And she said, look, take this little book. It, it may help you. And here's my phone number. And she gave her a devotional. And that lady had uh, called her a week later and said she had just received a call to say that someone in her family had been in a bad accident. And mm -hmm. they had sub subsequently passed away from their injuries. But that the, the devotional, when she opened it up to the days that she was going through it, spoke directly to her heart. So if you've got a heart to minister to people, to reach people, to spread your influence in the community and to see people connect in God's word, the word for you today is it, my friends. You will not get anything better than the word for you today. <laughs> That's so so well put. So remember, everybody, wordforyou.com. I highly suggest it. And while we're kind of promoting some important things. I also want to suggest the Avail Journal. I know, Debbie, you've had a chance to see yes. it. I know that there's a there's going to be something special. What's coming up in the new, yes. in the next What's edition? coming up? I can see it here, actually, in the new Avail. Um, a little bit of self-promotion here, um, really promotion of my husband. Um, uh, Avail Magazine did a, a legacy piece on him. You can uh, learn a little bit more about his life and, and what we did. And then also details here, um, if it can be seen um, of mm -hmm. where you can reach us and some free resources that we will be happy to send you so that you can read it and see for yourself if it's something that would work for you, your ministry and uh, your community, or even just, just you, just you for yeah. yourself. 
So all of our Avail people out there, <clears throat> keep an eye out for the new Avail issue that's coming out. So you'll be able to take, take a look at that. And by the way, if you're a new listener or, or a new viewer here on YouTube or for the podcast, we want to give you a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal, a free annual subscription, which means it's free. They come out <laughs> quarterly. It's for a year. This is some of the best leadership content. Great material. That piece on uh, on uh, the late Bob Gass and the word for you today. So we want to encourage you if you haven't do that, t- take advantage of that ac- uh, that option. Access also more information about the word for you today devotional at wordforyou.com. This has been such a great conversation, Debbie, and I'm so Thank thankful you. for you for your leadership. Why don't you Why don't you leave one last thought in the hearts of all the listeners and viewers? Yeah, I would say if there's one, uh, uh, well, I was thinking about it this week. And uh, if there's one thing I would like to say, especially to young leaders out there, and it's there's the danger of rising too quickly. Um, And while we are in a a time um, where people always want to go right to the top, they want this immediate success. I was reminded that before David became king of Israel, he spent years tending sheep. Mm. And what did he learn when he was tending the sheep, right? Um, It wasn't a very impressive uh, start when you think about it. He was a shepherd Mm -hmm. boy. And when they went out to look for a king, his father didn't even put him forward. He was the the runt of the litter. He wasn't Mm -hmm. even the choice. But when he was tending sheep, that's where he built his relationship with God. It's where he honed his skills as a strategist and a warrior. And sometimes, God, when you want to move fast and quickly in things, God, do it and do it now. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I want to go from here to here. I don't want to have to do anything in between. There's danger in not learning and taking time as you go. Because um, it's like a story that, that Bob had in one of the devotionals of the pilot in the plane. And the control tower says, you're cleared for 5,000 feet. Hold. Now you're cleared for 10,000 feet. Hold. And he went all the way up till he got him to 35,000 feet. And the pilot heard a voice in his ear from God saying, I wish you would trust me like that. You want to go all the way to 35,000 feet all at once. But there's reasons why you hold. And I would just say to young leaders, you know, there, there's it, you may feel that you're in the cockpit a cockpit flying that plane, but always remember that God's in the control tower. He's the one that you've got to connect with because I don't believe that God's plan for your life can be rushed. I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm still learning. I'm learning mm-hmm. a whole new thing now since Bob died. Okay. That's a whole new chapter of leadership. So don't try to um, rise too quickly because there's three things that will happen. You'll make costly and painful mistakes mm-hmm. that will cause setbacks, whether you mean them to or not. You'll adversely affect the lives of those who depend on you. Mm. Because if you're not ready, you can adversely affect those who are following and watching you. Yeah. So you must be ready to go to the next level. And finally, if you try to move too quickly, you'll end up in a tug of war with God. And God doesn't change or move to our timing. He waits for us to move with his. So while you're enthusiastic and you want to lead, go and learn from others who know more than you. 
listen to these podcasts, read Avail magazine, tune in to those godly leaders that, that God has put in your life, because that's how I learned. I learned by watching and observing and reading and then putting into practice the kind of leadership and the kind of leader I wanted to be. And don't sacrifice your character or your integrity mm. for position. Because in position without integrity and character doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You're only as good a leader as your character and your integrity. And never sacrifice that and never waver on it. And God will lead you 5, 10, 15,000 feet, steps at a time, and get you to where he wants you to be. Just don't try to do it too quickly. It doesn't work. What an excellent word of encouragement, Debbie. That was awesome. We would say, today's generation would say, drop the mic. Debbie, just drop the mic, right? (laughs) I love that word because so many times we want to just fly. We want to get to 35,000 feet. We just want to get there, not realizing that part of the the process that God wants us to experience is the journey to get there and you have to hold in certain seasons and you have to endure and you have to persevere. What a great word for our leaders, especially young leaders that are, that are taking their, maybe their first steps in their leadership roles, but even, even, you know, mature leaders that are, that are in the process and the journey, understanding that there's this time for everything. So under trusting the Lord for it. So good, Debbie. I've highly and thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I know all of our Avail listeners and viewers as well. Uh, Debbie, on behalf of the Avail leadership team, we just want to say we are so proud of you. Uh, We honor you. you. And we thank you for your tenacity uh, and your um, your excellence uh, in everything you do for the word for you today. And 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 you really are. You continue to carry the legacy that that you started together with your husband, your late husband Bob, uh, Bob yeah. Gas. And and what an awesome example of persevering and continuing to run that race that God has put before you. We're so proud of you. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I've been blessed by all of the Avail team and the great uh, group of people that I know there, all behind the scenes, yourself and Martine and many of the others and uh, Debbie, who I've had the pleasure of meeting too. And uh, it's it's just really an honor. And um, like I said, everyone, check us out at wordforyou.com. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> So good. Hey, thank you everybody for connecting again here to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to bring you quality, practical, relevant, powerful leadership resources. And every time you connect with us, you're going to learn, you're going to grow, and you're going to be stretched in your leadership just like today. So we can't wait to see you next time. My name is Virgil Sierra, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. We hope you've been inspired by this conversation with Debbie Gass. Remember, you can connect with Debbie and The Word For You today at wordforyou.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at availjournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.